is 7.45 on a Saturday morning. Time for another wine chat with our friend uh, Jack Farrell from Haskell's. However, we have another friend. He's another Farrell, but he's Ted Farrell. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Denny. How are you on this dreary fall day? <laughs> it is It is all of that. We should probably talk about uh, warm food and wine to go with it, maybe. I don't I, know. I, I, I like what you're thinking because... You know, I don't know what it is about our seasons this year. It's just a light switch that have been flipped. You know, we had we had three feet of snow, and then all of a sudden, a week later, it was 85, 90 degrees. <laughs> exactly. And now, all of a sudden, we had a little bit of a fall, and now it's cool, cold. It's just, uh, I don't know what's going on with our natural thermostat, but it's a little odd. I had a little um, a cup of chili at lunch yesterday, and uh, it was not at a wine service place, but it was pretty good. And I thought, now, what, what, what? If I had this later in the day, what would go good with chili as far as wine goes? Well, it's interesting you say that because we just posted on our website some recipes for uh, a couple different chilies. And the interest they're based on game rather than, you know, your typical ground beef or stewed beef or whatnot. And, you know, this is the time of the year that that yourself or someone in your family is dragging in all kinds of critters and all kinds of quarry. Uh, from the woods and wetlands of Minnesota. And, uh, a couple of the recipes we have, you know, feature, uh, venison chili and whatnot. And those type of things, you get, uh, game is such a tricky piece of meat to cook because, you know, those guys are out there working for a living. They don't get to build up a lot of body fat and a lot of connective tissue. Well, we, I think we just lost you. Are you there, Ted? Hello, Ted. Come in, Ted. Oh, we we just lost Ted. All right. Well, just a reminder. While uh, while Ted is uh, is calling us back, um, we will have uh, our Smart Garden Show following just a matter of minutes from now. Julie Weisenhorn will be in studio from the University of Minnesota, uh, answering your lawn and garden questions. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Ted, Whoa. you had you you were you were having me uh, being like Pavlov's dogs, you know, talking about <laughs> food and wine pairing. And salivating. So where where did we leave off well, here? I, I don't know. Talk about embarrassing. I kept on rambling. And I guess I was talking to myself in my office for about 20 minutes. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're would, back. I, Believe me. I, I would end my sentence and kind of wait for you to go, ooh and ah. All of a sudden, I had to realize my, my so, phone dropped. So all this good material is lost. So see if you can bring it back before we run out of time. You have time here, uh, Ted. Ted oh, Farrell. Well, you, you had mentioned as far as you know things like chili. And I had mentioned uh, or started talking about how people nowadays are bringing in all kinds of quarry with game and, and, and all that type of stuff. And we have a recipe on our website for uh, chili made with venison. So it's a real robust, thick thing. You know, but nowadays in the uh, fall, you're kind of heavy eating. And uh, you're eating a little bit heavier stuff like pot roast and chilies. Zinfandel would go rip- terrific with that. So we have like a windstorm. Zinfandel is terrific. Or a Chateauneuf de Pop is just kind of wonderful. Uh, full-flavored rich wines. You want to change your 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 wine closet along with, like, even your normal closet. You want a heavier, richer wine. So Zinfandel, our American uh, grape varietal that we love so much, uh, is a terrific one to have in this kind of cool climate that we have going on today. Well, what else can we think about uh, during this season as we head into uh, more fall and more uh, more winter? Well, you know, the one sign of fall is the Haskell's Fall Wine Sale. We have all kinds of things going on, so it's a great way to stock up your cellar. And one thing to kind of stock it up with is, you know, also in your white wine category, is to switch maybe from those light 
uh, Sauvignon Blanc, maybe if some people like a peak pool Pinot, uh, you want to kind of gravitate more into a heavier white wine like a Chardonnay. There's so many Chardonnays to choose from. It is still the most abundant grape varietal across the world. But a couple things to think about also is uh, kind of unique grape varietals like a Viognier. Now, Viognier is kind of originated from the south of France. It's a heavier wine. It's a, it's a richer wine. Uh, wonderful wine. One of my favorite producers is Jean-Claude Moss out of the Languedoc, and he makes LaForge Viognier. And kind of dollar for dollar, I'd say that's the best Viognier that we have in our house. And that one you can go, uh, you can serve that with kind of pertinent, anything will size up with fish, obviously, but then even like a, a meteor chicken and things like that, the Viognier is just brilliant. You know what I saw? It was, was it early this morning? I saw, I think your brother posted it, uh, something about Fritzy Haskell. Are you aware of that? I didn't see the post, but, you know, Fritzy was one of the most interesting characters in the wine industry. Uh, you know, just uh, a pioneer. She, you know, had to have the license in her name, and she didn't like the liquor industry because at that time it was either a murderer or some kind of criminal. And uh, her husband, the license was placed in her name. So she liked wine. Then he sent her off to France. She bought wine, and she sat around, and she truly educated Minnesota about wine from 1934 on. And there's great stories of grain magnets selling their uh, their their business, they come in, they want to celebrate. She wouldn't let them sell wine or purchase certain wines until she tried other ones because she said, you need a wine education before you can buy. Now, what, what, Ted, what year, she was really a pioneer in this business. Well, what, what year, give us a sense of what year that Fritzy was, was jumped into the wine business. Uh, (laughs) The day after prohibition. Oh, that was that early. Oh, yes. They, I, they say that the Pascals maybe had liquor license number five in the state of Minnesota. Isn't that so? But they, yes. And uh, we found some great old foot. Or we might have been doing it a little bit before then as well, <laughs> a little bit during Prohibition, where we are kicking off a fun little campaign with some of the actual wiretaps that uh, we found in the archives that the FBI had on Benny Haskell. No kidding. She, oh, yes. <laughs> But, but Fritzy was a true pioneer, and, you know, she really believed in wine education. And even we found her old cookbooks, um, you know, where, again, she wanted people to appreciate wine, understand wine. And, you know, whether it is starting out at a very inexpensive wine to get your gauge, and then you can go and spend what you want. But she would uh, oftentimes really educate people and chat people up about wine, and especially in a time from the 30s to the 60s where, you know, women, first of all, you know, were, were supposed to be at home and very few of them are actually, you know, in a store running it, you know, making all those kind of great decisions. And then even, you know, again, challenging some of these businessmen, you don't know anything about wine, try this and then come back and talk to me later. She was feisty, to say the least. She was feisty. Uh, I wanted to ask you, too, while we have the time, uh, Ted, by the way, if you're just joining us, Ted Farrell, filling in for Jack today, uh, is there a region, whether it be South Africa, you know, uh, not Spain, because they've been around forever, is there a region that is uh, that you can see coming over the horizon that's really producing some good wine, great wine? Well, it's funny that you mentioned Spain, because they have been producing wine for so long. And but oftentimes in certain regions in France they were kind of producing so much really bad wine, and so the infusion of technology across uh, 
across the world has been amazing and just the revolution that you're seeing in it. So Spain is, you, you, it's kind of ironic to say is an up and comer because people are discovering so many new different regions. Before it was just Rioja, but now there's Valdepeñas right outside of Madrid. There's other areas that are developing because they're getting infused with a little bit of the technology. They already had the infrastructure, but quite frankly, for years, they didn't make the greatest wine. And now they're really doing that. You're even seeing a little bit of the revolution kind of, or the wine, uh, the golden age of wine hit the Eastern European uh, uh, countries. You know, Croatia in particular is one that you're seeing a lot of things. People are loving to uh, travel there. But even the, the Romanians and the Hungarians uh, are coming out in Hungary. Hungary was always known for the Tokai, but now you're seeing some table wines coming out of there. So it's, it's uh, you keep your eye on the horizon. You just don't know what's going to pop up, Danny. You know, I haven't seen often uh, many, but I've seen a couple of, uh, of Sicilian wines. How, how are they uh, as a rule? Uh, very good. You know, the, they have a little white grape varietal on there called Grio. Uh, fun little wine, especially uh, with seafood. I mean, it's just a match made in heaven as far as, you know, whether it's a little shrimp or a scallop. It's a fun wine, a little bit of acidity on the finish, but very light, very refreshing. Um, you know, I, I think the tricky, always, the tricky part is doing a little business in Sicily because you just don't know which government to talk to, whether it's the <laughs> church, the actual government, or Uncle Louie who runs the whole island type of government, if you know what I mean. Uh, I got you. In fact, we were there on a tour a couple of years ago. That's really a great place to visit, though. I really enjoyed my time there. It's gorgeous. I mean, you know, you have uh, wonderful views of the the Mediterranean. You know, you got Mount Etna in the background. You know, lots of changing, undulating topography. It's it's a fun little thing. A little difficult to get to, but it's definitely one of those things that they have the most wonderful of all things Greek ruins in Syracuse. Oh, it's true. you know, they say the best Greek ruins in the world are in Sicily. So uh, swing on in and check it out. Yeah, there there are. There are more Greek ruins in Sicily than there are in Greece. It's true. Say, you were mentioning earlier, but there's a lot of good things going on at Haskell's these days. You are correct. And today is the kickoff of our fall wine sale that runs between today, basically now until the end of October. And between 2 and 5 today at all the Haskell stores, you can try before you buy. There's all kinds of wines open uh, for the people to taste, you know, if you're a little, you, you always have your old favorites that you like to pick up. But if you want to experiment and try something new, there'll be things out there to try left and right. Uh, it's a wonderful time to stock up your cellars because, you know, it is getting cold. You don't want to be driving out, but we get eight feet of snow. So it's a great time to stock up. A few of the stores even will have, depending on each city and who will let us, a few food trucks out there to try. You know, I think there's a hamburger one and all that. It's, it should be. It's very fun. Very exciting. It's going on at all 12 locations at Haskell's right now. There's Haskell's all throughout the metro area to take care of you. Haskell's in downtown Minneapolis. There's also a Haskell's in Minnetonka, right in Highland Park in St. Paul, down in Lowman's Plaza in Bloomington. If you're out on the Lady One Last Boat Cruise, you can stop by Haskell's Excelsior. There's also a Haskell's in White Bear Lake, also Woodbury, Stillwater, if you're going out to the St. Croix, and then down in Faribault, but don't forget Plymouth and Chanhassen. And if that isn't enough, you can hit any of these deals and find any of them right at Haskell.com or swing by uh, CCO and go backslash wide. Sounds mighty fine. I'm glad we got you back on the horn there, Ted. <laughs> Thank you. Well, like I just standing around talking to myself. <laughs> yeah, some good material, too. Uh, we, we appreciate that. And I hope to talk with you soon. Say hi to your family for me. Thanks, Danny. Have a great day. That's, that's uh, Ted Farrell from Haskell.